Teresa Healy, great to see you. I was, we're just reminiscing. It's been almost eight years since I interviewed you for Insert On Screen. Where does that time go? It is just like, that was like yesterday. So we're in the, uh, the dressing room and you're about to recreate yourself as Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. It's a huge role. Just, just face that for me for a second. <laughs> what, is, what is this role like? Wow, it's like jumping in a river, the beginning of the Wanganui River and just going for it for an hour, then jumping out for it, then just jumping on for another. It is, it just takes you along with you. I've never had such a big role. I've never, I've never thrown myself into something quite like this and I've loved it. She is the most fascinating character, I think, in the world. She has, you know, from 10, she had that trauma of her uncle abdicating and her very um, shy father being thrust into the spotlight. And I reckon from that moment when she was 10, life would change. The house, would, they moved from their lovely little apartment into Buckingham Palace, which is cold and 775 rooms. She didn't go to school. And so she, was, she had such an unusual childhood. And her sister, who was way more outgoing and way probably more spoiled, Elizabeth was like, she wasn't the rebel, she was the good girl, she did everything. And I think her father realised that, you know, he wasn't well. And he was always shaping her, shaping her, shaping her. And it, uh, Winston Churchill said a beautiful thing, saying, um, you know, even at a, as a young age, she had something about her that was so authoritative, but also reflective, and also an empathy for other people that she was able to make people feel at home, which I think is what she's done. I was thinking about how she is so familiar because for most of us born uh, since 1952, she's the only queen we've known, um, and yet she's inscrutable. So what do you as an, as an actor draw on to create this woman? I think it is her, it's her sense of duty. And I think again, it goes back to her father. He died so young and she has really been trying to honour him and also honour God in a way she truly believes. And with that whole consecration within the coronation, which wasn't filmed, we never, no one has seen it, when the Archbishop um, anoints her with that holy oil, she truly does believe that there is a link to some sort of divinity. So I think she has been trying to love divinely and she wants to be loved divinely. I'm glad you brought that scene up because, of course, it's the, the pivotal scene just before the, the curtain at the end of Act One. Uh, an incredibly powerful moment. I honestly don't think I have been in a theatre and felt what I felt at that moment. Because I'm a royalist, but I'm an atheist. But it was just transcendent. And I could imagine that in the real coronation, it was transcendent for her. So I want to know what it was like, what it's like for you in that moment when you are doing that. Scene. I've taken a lot of time on that, that scene and I've woken up in the middle of the night going, ah, oh, yes, yes, this is how I do it. Yes, yes. And I've had some amazing revelations in that. And it's, and also in the working on it, trying to find my most important moment in my life and how that makes you feel deep, 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 deep down. Um, and I think that's what she felt. And she has, she has lived by that all of her life. She has never put a foot wrong. And I think that's what that scene explains. Yeah. That was the moment, in that moment in the coronation, where she knew 
I've made a commitment here. It, it fits with my religious beliefs and I'm going to serve. And I think that has been the, the anchor for her. Her total anchor. And yet her children. <laughs> they have not inherited it at all. Maybe the grandchildren, who knows? So that's what I fear. After, after she goes, passes away, it's going to be a very different monarchy. Can I ask you, are, are you religious? I am. I'm a Catholic. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. Catholic. So for me, it was... And it wasn't even really about the, the mice. Well, it is a spirit. There is definitely, I used my spirituality, but it's also, I think I used an even deeper thing, which was like, I think being a mother and loving my children so much and being so devoted to my children. Um, I think that was what I, I just used something of mine um, that was sort of like a substitute for her feeling of this is the most important thing in my life and it's what I'm here for and it's what I truly believe in. I suppose it's literally like a wedding, isn't it? It is, to it's God. A, yeah. It's wedding to God. So I talk to, I've got some beautiful nuns and, and priests, and I talk to them about their um, consecrations when they you know, became, became religious people, their actual ceremony, they actually lie down on the ground, and they believe that they, and it's such a bizarre belief, like how do you, how do you marry a deity, you know, it's, it's so wacky that I can't even, you know, can't even go there. But there is something, there is an, there's an element of spirituality there which I wanted to bring to it. And I think I did. I think I did. Oh, you definitely did. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I still, even I've been describing that moment uh, to a number of people since, since I saw it on Friday. And I get goosebumps every time. I, it was just extraordinary. I mean, I'm an atheist, but I'm a royalist. So I've got this. But at the same time, symbolism and spirituality doesn't have to be hooked with a religion. No. So these, these crucial moments in people's lives, and, and I think that probably gave her the strength to carry on, because 67 years on the throne, it's, it's a hard job, and she never asked for it. She never wanted it, but she has done it, day in, day out, day in, and it's about, they are the richest people in the world, she's the most famous people, person in the world, but she's there to serve. So it's a really weird dichotomy, she's there to serve the people. She has to look after them. She has to serve them. So the duty that she has and the way that she's done it is quite incredible. Has it changed you doing this play or certainly has it changed um, your views? On what, she's been a real strength, you know, because it's a really big role to do and it's yeah. so scary taking on a role that Helen Mirren has done the, like <laughs> the definitive, why bother? Why did I bother? And a Kiwi girl as such. Um, you know, but it's, I think she's such a fascinating character that I just had to do it. And I was so scared and I went, and this because there's so many lines that she just doesn't stop, but just, you know, you just keep, and it's, when I looked at the play, I was like, how do I learn this? It's just so enormous. But actually the words, Peter Morgan has written such a beautiful script. The words go in. When you're, when you're learning brilliant dialogue that is so cleverly put together with such depth it just goes in i wanted to look at um you know most human beings deal with doubt and if you're in the public eye and if you're an actor i know i've spoken to a lot of actors that doubt is a is a major part of the whole process have you had moments of doubt oh, yourself that was for i think I, I they offered me the part in august last year and so then i sort of went yeah yeah that's fantastic that was like the best part yeah i got this part. Oh, amazing part then I'm like, I'm too scared to even look at it. I'm too scared to even look at the script. So I didn't look at that. I've been very busy writing something, so I didn't look at it until probably January, February, and I had a read of it and went, oh my God, what have I done? I can't do this. Yeah. What did I think? 
How stupid, people are gonna laugh at me. People are gonna think, oh, how embarrassing Teresa's trying to be the queen and Helen Mirren and everyone else who's played her. It's like, how, oh, the doubt was so, I had anxious, I would wake up in the middle of the night in sweats going, why am I doing this? But then once we got working on it, and actually I hired myself a, um, an acting tutor just to, just to, just so I could have someone that I could, because in, in rehearsal, everyone's so busy. And, and I started doing a drama class with a whole lot of kids, younger, not kids, you know, 20 year olds. And I was just, so I would take along a speech sometimes and we would do, I'd do it in front of them. And so I was just like, I was part of the class. That helped my doubt. Those kids gave me uh, the courage that I needed. And also for courage, I think you need the vulnerability. And I definitely had the vulnerability. I was so scared. So scared. I mean, I, mean I, I, as actors, you get so, I've always had this sort of like critic on my shoulder when I'm on stage. And it's like, you're going to forget your lines, you're going to forget your lines, you're going to forget your lines. And it's like, this, there's been none of that this time. And I think using her as a character, um, she's helped me. Whenever I felt like I can't do it, she, for that coronation, had to learn a three-hour um, script, basically, and do it in front of all those people, having just lost her father, and knowing what she was taking on. So it's get over yourself, Teresa. <laughs> it's a two-week run. Get over yourself. And she helped me. So she really has helped me. That's fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, and all the best. Thank you.